Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, everybody, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I am your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Make sure to go smash that five-star review before you start listening to this episode because you will forget. So just go do us a big favor. Smash that five stars if you enjoy our podcast. Tell three friends to tell three friends to tell three friends about the Ball Blast podcast. We let you down in week 10, guys. We are on vacation, and Michelle and I got terribly and disgustingly ill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about, like... Well, yeah, you were in the yeah, ER. Yeah, I so, was in the yes. ER. It was just a terrible, uh, terrible week. So I'm very sorry we left y'all hanging. Hopefully you made it through week 10, but we are back to give you... It doesn't matter what advice we gave you in week 10, so it was almost perfect because it felt like any random person that could have scored last week did, and they stole it's all anarchy. the points. They stole all the par- points from the good players, and it was a very irritating week to watch. Um, it was very rude. It was very rude of those players trying to make a name for themselves on our time in our fantasy leagues. Yeah, like, have, come on, man. Let the stars shine. We have fantasy teams that we have to worry about. Like, these are our families. Yeah. yeah. And big, big news today. Someone turned 30. Oh, my God. Who? It is Kate's <laughs> birthday today. It's also Minka Fitzpatrick's birthday. It is also his birthday. Happy you birthday, Minka. Has, has he told you happy birthday yet? He is not, and I've been waiting by the phone all day. Very rude of him. Minka, um, my dog is basically named after you. We share a birthday. Why aren't we better friends? Um, I I don't know. I guess I'll just continue to wait for that HBD text uh, that I I so want and cherish. Well, happy birthday to you. And before we jump into our show, we actually have yeah. a special guest today that wants to wish you a happy birthday. Oh. Uh, and, and he's going to sing for you. Actually, oh, uh, is, oh is what I've been told. Yeah, that was that was put in my ear at the at the last minute. <laughs> wow! All right, I'm excited. Happy for this. birthday, dear Kate. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> it is your birthday. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. Uh, came out of retirement there for that one. For those of you who are confused, if you what don't watch. Guy. The Office, that is how Michael Scott sings happy birthday to his That's loved ones in the baby. office. Yes, that was fantastic. Uh, so what an honor uh, to have Michael Scott on the show today. That was incredible. Thank you, Jake. I know you used your super-duper contacts to make that happen. Beautiful. It, it was worth it. It was worth it for you, Kate. Anytime. Oh, you guys. So we'll, we'll keep enjoying your birthday throughout this episode. You know, we have drinks. We're going to enjoy it. Yeah, so it's my birthday. Everyone take a sip real quick. Um, to wish Caitlin a happy birthday. 
Oh, Caitlin. Happy birthday. Jake's doing a shot. So Jake's doing a shot. Let's go. We're One, taking two, a- three. Take a drink. Take a drink. All right. Yum, 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 yum. So, guys, let's jump into football now, right? Oh, let's football. get serious. We are getting into week 11, right? So this means that trade deadlines are coming along in your in your fantasy leagues. Hopefully it hasn't hit yet because we're going to talk about some league winners. Like, guys that we think you should go trade for right now before it's too late that, you know, you might be able to get on the cheap or maybe they're expensive, but you think it's worth it and they're going to bring you home that championship. So, Jake, who's your guy that you're saying, go trade for him. If you have him, love on him and just, you know, get him into your starting lineup. I'm all about, and I don't, I'm just going to give this prelude because I don't know, when you think league winner, you know, it's typically like uh, somebody who's kind of far-fetched. You know, they're like really far down the, the ranks or whatever. This is just a guy who's been gone for a while. It's David Montgomery, running back for the Bears, who came back, had one game coming back from injury, and looked like his dang old self. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was really proud. I was proud of him. Uh, I was definitely wrong about Khalil Herbert being an intrusion upon his fantasy value because in that first game back from injury, he had a season high snap percentage of 85%. So they weren't afraid to use him at all. That's a great sign. Uh, now he got 13 rush attempts. attempts compared to just four for Khalil Herbert. He was also the only guy out of the backfield to see any targets. He just looked good. And his remaining schedule is real nice. It's Baltimore, Detroit, Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota, Seahawks. And if you play Week 17, because I don't know if people do, I guess, this year, then you get to play the Giants. All of those are pretty good. There's only a couple that are like meh matchups. But he did well enough against Pittsburgh. You obviously know that's a pretty bad matchup, and and he looked fine there. So with plus matchups basically the rest of the way, I'm psyched for him. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers have been brutal against the run as of late, but he did shock me, right? Like, A, it shocked me so much about how how many snaps he was playing, like you said, because I, I 100% thought Herbert was still going to be a thing. I thought maybe he could steal, like, half of his job when he came back. And then immediately it's just like, nope. And now he's had a bye week to get extra healthy. So he was almost my league winner. So I'm happy you talked about him. But I'm going with a different running back, actually, that's dealt with his own injury. And he's been out. It's Miles Sanders of the Eagles. Listen, before... We don't even remember which team he's on, guys. (laughs) Because it's been so long since we've seen Miles Sanders come to relevance. Before he got hurt, you know, he wasn't very good for fantasy. Because they weren't running the ball. So it was like... He was doing everything he could. He like anytime he touched it, he did magical things. He was averaging nearly five yards to carry. Like nothing he did was wrong. It's just the Eagles were not running. Then he gets hurt and all of a sudden, you know, they get Jordan Howard and then they're using Boston Scott and they realize, oh, maybe the formula for success is to actually run the ball more. And no team has run the ball more than the Eagles over the last five games. And over the last three games, they have averaged 40 rushing attempts per game. Like, all they're doing is running at this point. They went from never running to only running. So I think as soon as Miles Sanders comes back, he's going to be that lead guy. Nick Sirianni has already said, you know, it's it's his role, right? He's getting his role back. All they're doing is running. So I think he's going to have a heavy workload. Obviously, Jordan Howard will still be involved because I think he's earned that. But there's enough to go around. And the rest of the Eagles' schedule is beautiful after this week. So it's the Saints this week. It's kind of hard, but we don't even know if he's going to be back yet, right? I'm fine with him missing this game because the Saints are really good against the run. But after that, it goes the Giants, the Jets, Washington, Giants, and Washington. 
those are the last final games that the, of the fantasy football season. That's not including week 18 against the Cowboys, but you shouldn't be playing then. It's just the schedule's amazing. All they're doing is running. Like, go trade for him. It might be a little bit harder now that he's expected to come back and people have held him, but he's still going to be cheap. Yeah, cheaper than you may have gotten him elsewhere. I even saw on Twitter today somebody mentioned they found him on the waiver wire in their league, which mm. is like absolutely bonkers. But these are like the urban legends that we hear about of players being available on waiver wires where like everybody says, oh, there's no way that guy's available. Well, if you don't have an IR, it probably was hard to hold him. Yeah, I mean, that was that was an extended and he, Like absence. I said, he wasn't doing anything before, so you might say like, eh. But I think it's going to be a completely different scenario after he comes back. Kate, who's your league winner? All right, I'm going with another running back. We just did the triple running back threat. I'm going with Javante Williams, rookie running back for the Denver Broncos. Super excited for this kid. He's just been so fun to watch, but it's been tormenting us because he's in that timeshare with Melvin Gordon. It's not fun. But I do want to say, last, last week, a tide turned. Very important tide turned. And it was the first time he exceeded 51% of offensive snaps, and we actually saw a dip. It wasn't a significant dip, but we did see a dip in Melvin Gordon's offensive snap counts. I mean, these two are literally like 1A, 1B at this point. Uh, Melvin Gordon has 118 attempts to Williams 103. Uh, they literally have uh, Melvin Gordon, I think, has eight more yards than Javante Williams. It's like tit for tat every step of the way. Um, but Javante Williams has been the overall better running back. He's outpacing Melvin Gordon in yards per attempt, yards after contact per attempt. He ranks fifth among all running backs there. Leads the NFL, leads the NFL in avoided tackles. That's pretty freaking insane considering he ranks 22nd in rushing attempts in the NFL. Like, his missed forced tackle rate is insane. I, But the, the schedule, guys, we need to talk about the most delicious and juicy schedule of all time. You want to brag on the Eagles' <laughs> schedule? Javante Williams gets a week 11 bye. Freshen those legs up, buddy, because we're going to be in for a wild, wild ride when you return. Then he gets the Chargers, <laughs> Lions, Bengals, Raiders, and Chargers in your championship week. Oh, man. Um, that's that's nice. uh, The Chargers are ranked fourth uh, in fantasy points allowed to the running back. The Lions third. The Bengals sixth. And the Raiders ninth. Those are all top ten matchups that you want for your running backs. I just think Javante Williams is going to have that breakout, especially I feel like we always see it with rookies. They come back after the bye and things are a little bit refreshed. And, you know, the coaches – spend a little bit of time evaluating how they can mix things up. And Melvin Gordon, I mean, this is like the longest he's ever stayed healthy in a season, I feel like. Maybe it's because he's splitting time, but at any moment, Melvin Gordon has not been known to stay healthy um, for this long of a period. Obviously, no one's rooting for an injury here, but some, if something happened, Javante Williams would legit easily be just like a, a workhorse monster, and that would be – And I. I, I love this because most of the times in these situations where we're looking at committees for running backs, like you've held on to a guy like Javante Williams, you're always disappointed. Like, oh, he hasn't done anything because this guy is in the way. He's already done enough to be valuable for you, especially now with how terrible running backs have been. So it's not an issue of like, oh, I had to drop him because he wasn't doing anything. He's probably hopefully on your team and done enough to like keep you in contention. But now you can get that extra boost, you know, the old rocket up the butt to finish out the... Uh, 
of the season here. So this should be pretty good. I do think that uh, like this is just the perfect time too. If you're uh, if maybe the Javante Williams manager is like in need of a win this week, they can't afford to have that buy. Um, I, I mean, he just he hasn't done enough. I think the dynasty community is super high on Javante Williams, but redraft like we keep talking about it and it hasn't come to fruition. So I do think you should be able to get a trade done for him despite the the hype. Yeah, I agree. I love all three of those. Go trade for them. At least get one of them on your team because they can bring you home that championship. All right, let's hop into the news and notes before we get into scrumptious starts. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, Damian Harris, uh, concussion. He's been cleared to play on Thursday night. Uh, so get him into back into your lineups. Get Ramondre Stevenson probably out of your lineups. Like I don't want to start him anymore. He was great for that one week, but now that Harris is back, you know I don't want to trust him any longer. So that's nice for those of you who roster Damian Harris. Chase Claypool toe injury that we thought he might be out for quite a while. Apparently he's already getting in a limited practice on Wednesday, which shocked that shocked me. Um, so that would be huge for. Uh, Chase Claypool, honestly, Deontay Johnson hasn't done better with Chase Claypool. It almost seems like it's worse for him. So uh, I, I want Chase Claypool back as a Steelers fan and also just all of the pieces around better when he's on the field. Chris Carson still not practicing with that neck injury. It seemed like he was going to come back. And then it's just like, Ugh. so how are we feeling about Chris Carson? Like, do you keep holding on to him? I don't know what to do with him, Jake. I'm so sad, and I was so high on Chris Carson coming into this year, thinking he was going to finish as a top 15 guy automatically, and <laughs> of course, there was always that option, but since he's been out, you know, they've gotten by, as Seattle always does, with this committee, weird rotation of just dudes that they shove in there, and Pete Carroll is so stubborn that he makes it work. So when a guy like Chris Carson continues to deal with this lingering issue, it makes it harder for me to trust that Pete Carroll is going to want to just bring him back into the fold and be what we thought he was going to be, which is, for me, a top 15 guy. So that ship has sailed for me on the rest of the season. If, if, if Even if he does come back, you know, next week, I'm going to have some trust issues putting him back into my lineup. Yeah, same. And it just it seems very unlikely at this point that he's going to play this week if he's still missing practice. I don't know. It it hurts me. I want to see him back out there, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel good enough to drop him yet because as soon as you drop him, you know, he'll like miraculously come back and be great again. So <laughs> I guess you're holding on. Hopefully you have an IR. Well, it, no, he's not even on IR anymore, right? So I think his practice window had been activated. I didn't okay. realize. No, maybe he's still on it. You can keep him in your IR spot for now. Alvin Kamara practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. He did miss last week. Um, great matchup against the Eagles this Oof. week. You really hope that he plays. We shall see. With Alvin Kamara, I'm not so nervous about playing him right out the gate because like, he's utilized so much as a pass catcher that it should be pretty safe points. So if he plays, I'm playing him. Who can play this week? Alvin Kamara. Ah. Uh, he can do anything. Uh, Going to let that slide because it's your birthday, yeah, Kate. That, but that otherwise, that be I've been working on that all day, guys. Come on, give me a break. I don't even honestly get it. Al, who's who's like who who's going to be that guy in your lineup? It's Alvin Canmara, not Alvin Cantmara. 
Yeah, no, very good, very good birthday <laughs> <No>. joke, Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire might not be activated off IR until after next week's bye week. That means you get another week of Daryl Williams. I if need you to have flip him. the table over because I'm angry about this. <laughs> I, I have Daryl Williams in a lot of places, so I'm okay with it. And they get you like the same amount of points, right? Uh, Kareem Hunt will not play in week 11 for the Browns, but uh, the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, said that he's getting close. So maybe we'll see him sooner rather than later. Speaking of a hashtag uh, like league winner, I think Kareem Hunt could also be that guy. I just need to throw that out there. Um, it just like going to get all the opportunity in the world. I do think he's going to get that RB2 rollback. And Fantasy Pros has Cleveland ranked for the best remaining strength of schedule rest of season. I like, And it doesn't even really matter with them. Because they, they, they run the ball yeah. so well anyway. But I like Kareem Hunt, the frustrations are probably boiling over. Dearness Johnson looking so good is going to lower Kareem Hunt's value. And I do think he's going to slap right back in there. So go, 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 go get Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I'm hunting. I'm on the hunt. Yeah, I, I'm down to go get Kareem Hunt. Is that Hunt. better? Especially after this news, like, in that you have to deal with the bye week. So people might be, like, looking, you know, if they, they need a couple wins here, they might be looking to trade him on the cheap. And then lastly, Kyler Murray practiced on Wednesday, which is good news. Hopefully he'll finally get back to playing. After the way Colt McCoy and that whole offense looked and them losing a game, like, they need a – they need to get some wins here. So I think against the Seahawks, they do their best to get him out there. DeAndre Hopkins, though, is still not practicing. It's been forever. I don't I don't know. That hamstring must be for real, for real. It's been forever since we've seen him. But, like, the bigger issue is that he didn't just, like, suffer this injury and then leave the game. He was returning from the injury and then re-aggravated the injury. I want, like, nothing to do with DeAndre Hopkins. I Yeah. Like, rest of season, if I can Ooh. find anywhere to unload him, I 100% will because um, I don't think the upside's been high enough this season. He was a touchdown-scoring machine, like, halfway through the season. It was still only the wide receiver 12. Yeah. That's not Yeah, cool, name man. value name value is probably higher than his actual value rest of season, so I do agree with that. I, I, I'm not hitting the panic button maybe quite yet on him. Like, I think he'll still be usable, but I definitely think what you could get for a return for him still is probably better than what he's going to produce. Yep, I'm totally with you guys there. All right, I think it's time to get into scrumptious starts because I really like some of my picks this week. I'm excited to talk about them. Before we do that, we have to talk about props fantasy. It is time to take your fantasy leagues to a whole new level and experience a brand new way to play fantasy using the football team's you already have. It's amazing. You don't have to draft any more teams, but you can enter into more contests with people that aren't even in your leagues. It's bringing you a whole new experience. You can challenge your family members, Twitter followers more. You don't need to be in the same league setting. You don't need to be in the same league. Uh, you can have different scoring formats. They take like the common denominators of whatever you have in common and make up your, your little scoring settings. And I can challenge anybody head to head it's amazing, and again, I don't have to create more leagues. I have enough problems setting all my lineups. It's so easy. You just sign in, create an account over at propsfantasy.com slash ballblast. You connect your sleeper accounts, your Yahoo, you import your rosters, and then you can even put money down the line uh, and watch your lineups go head-to-head, -head, make some cash, uh, You know, make a one-week-long bet. Uh, if you've got maybe some juicy matchups and you think your lineup's unbeatable, 
uh, it's super fun. Uh, I created a challenge this week because I have what might be the best dynasty roster of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put my challenge out there. You can find it there in the like challenge arena over at Props Fantasy. And you can challenge me. See if you can beat me. Bring and your best dynasty roster head to head with my best dynasty roster. And Jake and I are challenging you. We both picked our favorite dynasty rosters because mine's way better than hers. Jake, I don't know. I've played in some leagues with you. I don't know if you have a good roster anywhere. Oh my god! I don't think mine's very good. Mine's <laughs> not very good. I, w- I want to withdraw from this contest, but I won't because the, any, any given week, right? Self-awareness is like such a valuable trait, Jake. Uh, everybody be sure, like go over there, check it out. You can create your own contest and challenge your friends and family members and even just like the public to an awesome challenge. Sign up with our unique link. Again, that's propsfantasy.com slash ball blast. And you will get an entry for a signed Aaron Rodgers helmet. And you get one entry for every contest you enter until November 25th. Propsfantasy.com slash ball blast. Come and beat me, bro. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, let's get into our scrumptious starts of the week. Jake, I love this one, but it's bold. It's bold. Let's talk about it. Who's your guy? Yeah, oh, I almost got a lot bolder. I almost put Joe Flacco into oh, this spot. Oh, my Lord. I couldn't do it. At the end of the day, I couldn't look myself in the mirror and be happy with it. So I swapped him out for Justin Fields. Thank yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still bold. Uh, Justin Fields is playing the Ravens this week. Uh, now, here's what I want to reflect on. In the last time we saw Justin Fields, he was in a non-ideal matchup with Pittsburgh. We talked about that with David Montgomery. That wasn't a great matchup for him in Week 9. Um, and and they've actually been very tough against QBs the last few weeks here. But Justin Fields ended up as the QB 10 that week. He hit a career high in passing yards with 291. He should have had an even better day, if I'm being honest. If those uh, referees weren't all about the Pittsburgh life, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, terrible call by the ref. Taking away a touchdown. And then Jimmy Dropsy Graham... Uh, in the end zone, had three end zone looks back-to-back. That should have never happened. That was another (laughs) touchdown that got wiped away, basically, because of his incompetence. Uh, But the Ravens have, over the last few weeks, not been so tough against the quarterback. They've allowed the 25th most fantasy points over the last five weeks. Shout-out to Scott Rainier on Twitter for that little nugget there. But looking at Justin Fields' play the last couple of times out, his confidence has definitely gone up. His decision-making has gone up. And a lot of that comes down to how he's been just using his God-given gifts of them legs. You know, he, he's a great uh, shifty runner. He, he hadn't had the opportunity to do that. Or maybe he didn't want to, or Matt Nagy didn't want him to early on in the season. But in the last three games, he's had at least eight rushing attempts in each one of those. And he's averaged 62 yards rushing over those games. He had one huge week of 103 yards on the ground. Of course, that looks real nice for your quarterback to be putting up what you hope your running back does in a given week. 
I just like his outlook a little bit better here. I'm a little nervous. I, I saw Allen Robinson had popped up briefly on the, oh, maybe he'll play, maybe he won't play. I mean, honestly, it's not like Allen Robinson is <laughs> what we expected him to be anyway, so maybe it doesn't really make a big difference. But I actually do like him to have a relatively safe floor and a pretty big shot at upside against the Ravens this week. All right, so can we, I feel like we haven't formally addressed this. <laughs> Um, is Allen Robinson completely droppable in redraft? Oh, he's been. Okay, I just yes. want to make sure because we haven't told For our sure. listeners that. If you didn't do that already, then you might. there's probably no one else better on waivers, so I don't really know if it's – like the waivers are pretty dried up at this point, but you should have dropped him like five weeks ago when there was still some good people out there. Um, but if there's but, like a Donovan Peoples-Jones or something on your waivers, yeah. like pick up a guy like that. I'm still seeing Elijah Mora on waivers, and I'm going to talk about him later, but he should definitely be picked up. Any of the rookies, Rashad Bateman could still be out there. Don't yell at me through your in your car right now like, Bateman's not on my waivers. I get it. <laughs> Double check. He's not on most, but there are people out there where he will be, all right? Double check yourself before you wreck yourself. But, you know, what's interesting <laughs> about the Ravens is we think of them as this really good defense, right? Because they've been such a good defense for so long. Not this year. Like, not this year at all. They're allowing the second most passing yards per game. They're right behind the Jets. The Jets are allowing 299.3 passing yards per game. The Ravens are allowing 298.6. Like, they're pretty much identical. Those are the two worst teams against the pass this year. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like a scary matchup for Justin Fields, but it, it's not. Um, it just all depends on, you know, what, what Chicago Bears offense we see this week. And Matt Nagy scares me. Matt Nagy scares me way more scary. than Fields. Michelle, why don't you get into your start of the week? Because you picked the lowest hanging fruit of the bunch. Listen. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> I picked Jalen Hurts. I was disgusted when I saw this. This is because there's in three weeks in a row now that he's had mediocre fantasy performances, which is odd because it's like his three best NFL performances of his career. And they're not, they weren't great for fantasy. 11.17 and 19 points last week. Obviously, you're going to take 19 points. It's fine. Um, but this week he gets the Saints. So I'm worried people might be scared off. And I'm saying, don't be scared off. And don't be scared off of his points as of late. Like I said, the last three weeks, they've been running nonstop. 40 rushing attempts per game. I mean, there's no room for anything else, right? And it's wild that Devontae Smith has actually been pretty decent the last couple of weeks because he's getting the only targets going around. But in this game, I do believe they're going to try to establish a run, no doubt. But against the Saints, uh, you know, front, I don't think they're going to see much success out of their running backs. Uh, it, it's going to be a struggle. Nobody, nobody, um, nobody does well running against the Saints. I do believe Jalen Hurts will still be fine on the ground because he'll scramble, right? It's not the same. Like rush defense isn't the same thing as being able to stop a mobile quarterback that's, you know, trying to pass the ball and then he, he gets away and scrambles away. Like he'll still get his yards. That's fine. But I do believe they'll have to pass more in this game. And the Saints are not the best passing defense, that's for sure. And quarterback, quarterbacks against the Saints are scoring a lot of fantasy points. They allowed Matt Ryan in week nine to put up 28 fantasy points against them. Matt Negative point, Ryan. Yeah, Tom Brady the week before that had 25 points. Daniel Jones in week four had 27 fantasy points against them. Sam Darnold, 19. Ryan Tannehill last week, 
and not the best, but he still put up 19 fantasy points. And... Had a rushing touchdown. Yeah. And, and that's one thing about Jalen Hurts, too. They're running so much and they're scoring so much, but Jalen Hurts is, like, not getting those rushing touchdowns, and I don't think that's going to hold up either. Like, he's going to start getting into the end zone more. The dam shall break. I think Jalen Hurts can be a top five quarterback this week. I'm all in on him. Woo. All in. All Jaylen. in, baby. All right, Kate. You're hey. Jalen on. <laughs> what is up with your jokes today? I don't, the first like six months didn't land. I needed to redeem myself. Do you think that one landed? No, it really didn't. <laughs> no, you're gonna have to keep trying. Oh what? my god! You're you're right next to her, Michelle. Can you look at her little notebook of jokes that she has written down, and <laughs> can know. you just take that away yeah. from her? I don't know where she hid them. They must be underneath her, like a white claw can or something. She has written. They're down. all under the thinking cap, my friend. Uh. Guys, I've got the best start of the week, and it's not even remotely close. Cam Newton against the Washington football team facing off. I think this is like the game of the week. Like It's the story of the week. For it sure. is the story of the week. I think it's so much fun. But we are looking at Cam Newton who like had a really nice like couple of statements on very limited snaps last week. He played nine offensive snaps and he was the quarterback 18, which is crazy. Had 11.7 fantasy points, which was more than Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Like all of those guys were your starting quarterbacks for the week probably. And guess what? Cam Newton came in and did the dang thing immediately. He got his little swagger back and he gets to show off against his old coach. I'm back. I'm back. He's back. <laughs> uh, Cam back Newton. And oh my God, stop. I wasn't trying to make a joke there. <laughs> what were you trying to do? I don't know. I, somebody help it's me. It's a nickname. It's a classic nickname. Cam, uh, yeah. Is that just how I speak now? Maybe I'm not even trying to make jokes, guys. I don't know. Whatever. On those nine offensive snaps, he already had three rushing attempts, had 14 yards and a score, had the passing touchdown. I want to go back and, like, look, because everybody has written Cam Newton off, and I think it's stupid. I think everybody's really stupid. Uh, last year, like <laughs> reminder of who Cam Newton was playing with, like looking at his, his career, um, he actually didn't have a ton of statistical anomalies, uh, last year in terms of his passing production, but you know what the biggest one was, and it's a biggie was his touchdown rate. He had the lowest touchdown rate of his career by far at 2.2% of his pass attempts went for touchdowns, his career average for reference. 4.4% of his pass attempts have gone for touchdowns. It, prior to that, his career low was 3.7% touchdown rate. Like, he is going to regress back to the mean. And, like, let's look at who he was throwing these supposed touchdowns to. Jacoby Myers, who literally set the record for most, uh, what, like, long, most, most receiving yards in NFL history without scoring a touchdown. Like, that's not all Cam, baby. Uh, Demir Bird was his wide receiver too. Demir Bird, who like it's it's B Y R D. Like we don't even know. Do people even know that it's B Y R D? No, no. Like you don't even know how to spell Bird. That's how that's how bad uh, he is. Nikhil Harry injured Julian Edelman and Ryan Izzo. Like we do not talk enough about how bad his receivers were last year. Like James White was probably his best receiver. Yeah. Like, hands down. Now he gets DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who's coming off the best season of his career. I mean, like, that's a very big upgrade. And he gets Christian McCaffrey back. So, like, 
you get some of that pressure. Uh, you know, he, he gets those dump off passes. We've seen him have much success with Christian McCaffrey in the past. Like just looking at what he could have done last year, if he even scored like or scored, a, you know, an average rate for his career in terms of touchdown production, he would have been the quarterback 12. And that's not a very bad year. Yeah. Like I, I just think Cam Newton is such a cheat code. Um, and I love the storyline for this week. Great matchup I, against oh, Washington. Yeah, love, they, it's going to be great. Revenge game. Revenge game. Love everything about it. Um, all right, Jake, running backs. Let's jump into it. Who's your running back scrumptious start of the week? Well, we hinted at the top of the, the news and notes section about Cleveland and, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt is still on IR, not coming back. And now Nick Chubb has not been activated off of COVID yet, which is kind of weird. I know there's so much to, to just go through in a given week. And this, I honestly feel, is kind of going under the radar. If, if, if <laughs> Nick Chubb is not activated for this week's game, Dearness Johnson becomes a top 12 running back in my eyes. Because they, they get to play Detroit, which is giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs. They're a, they're a trash heap. They are an actual clown, clown show. A clown show. A clown <laughs> show on defense. Um, and Dearness Johnson in his two starts. He's only had the two this year. But boy, were they doozies. Uh, he averaged 123 rushing yards in those two starts. Five targets for 40 additional receiving yards in those two starts. And those came against much tougher matchups than what he would be facing here this week. He played Denver before they got really terrible all of a sudden, and he played New England. Uh, There is no way for me to say this delicately. You start (laughs) Dearness Johnson if Nick Chubb is out because you do not risk being bit again. Like, I was cautious in his very first start this year because I got burned by him last year. So I was like, I'm not going to fall for this trap again. He's going to get like 40 yards. It's going to blow up in my face. Well, now it's done the exact opposite. And I beg you to not allow last year's limited production to hinder you from starting him this week. And I even think if Nick Chubb plays, he's he's an all right start at that point. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers even come out and said that he felt tired after the game. He felt more winded, like because of having COVID. And Aaron Rodgers is not running the way Nick Chubb will be running. Like all Aaron Rodgers has to do is take a couple steps backwards and you know throw some passes and maybe scramble once you know here and there. Nick Chubb's not going to be able to have that same workload if it if it affects him in that way. Um, and you wouldn't think they would put that type of pressure on him anyways right away. Um, so I, I think Dearness Johnson gets plenty of work and it's against the Lions. So you would think, you know, you can win without feeding Nick Chubb 300,000 times unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and your team is just garbage all around. Then you're not going to beat the Lions. <laughs> um, but the Browns, I don't know. They're not very good either, but I, I think they'll be fine if they just feed Dearness Johnson instead of Nick Chubb. Um, so my guy will get fed and that's a hundred percent the truth hungry boy it's aj Dillon, big Feed boy thighs. big boy needs to get fed but aaron jones is officially you know he's gonna miss i guess only one to two weeks which is kind of crazy but i feel like he's gonna miss you know i feel like it'll be more than two I feel it like seemed much more ominous like the reports were that he was on the sideline in tears it sounded like it would have been an acl tear like thank god he escaped with that 
uh, yeah. that minimal an injury. But, I mean, God, A.J. Dillon, man. Yeah, he's – well, we know for sure Aaron Jones is missing this week. So, A.J. Dillon's going to get all the work because, like, who else is going to get it? Kylan Hill is already out for the year. Like, you're the Packers fan. Who else is who else is going to get some work? There, no, nobody. They have <laughs> one dude on the practice squad that they're going to call up here, Patrick something or other. I don't even know his name. He was joined as an undrafted free agent. He'll get a, a couple spells here yeah. and there, but it's going to be Dillon. It's going to be done. Patrick something or other is listening right now. And he's very, very bummed that you didn't get his name. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> Dylan had 23 touches last week. And Aaron Jones wasn't even injured until the third quarter. Like, he's going to be fed. He had two rushing touchdowns. You know when they get near the goal line, like, A.J. Dillon will be that dude. And Dylan, every time Dylan has had a chance to shine, he does shine. Like, he looks like a really good running back. Is he as dynamic as Aaron Jones? No, like he's not as good in the passing game, but he can still be used as a pass catcher. And I I think they will utilize him in that way in some capacity. Like he's not going to have eight targets, but I think he could have three. And if there's screens, they can go for 40 yards. And that's just like a a nice little extra. But I I think Dylan's an amazing, amazing play this week, especially the matchup's great. The Vikings are allowing 25 fantasy points per game to the running back position. Um, and like I said, like he doesn't have to split that work with anyone. So it's not like any of those points are going to anyone else. I'll go into Dylan. He's just an easy smash play this week. But since I think it's so easy, watch, he gets like 10 carries for like 20 yards and doesn't score. <laughs> you just got to get... Randall Cobb's going to do three end arounds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, for you just got to get AJ Dylan your lineups this week. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's happening! It's happening! It was. It was Everybody, good one, right? she did it. It's, <laughs> I landed the plane, the guys. <laughs> my eyes are just getting wider and wider. All right, Kate. Uh, everybody, take a drink because I said so, and it's my birthday. All right, take a drink. Um, <laughs> I, we're all gonna need to take a drink because your start of the week is disgusting. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. It's just the truth. <laughs> well, um, it's not disgusting. It is Miles Gaskin versus the Jets, which, yes, it sounds grosser than it is, but the Jets have been the go-to matchup for running backs all year in fantasy. Like, they have not been able to stop literally a single thing, anything. Like, a running back uh, like breathes, and he moves 10 yards forward. It's just so weird how that happens against the Jets. They're allowing a league-high 35.37 fantasy points per game to the running back position. That's ridiculous. That's an average. 35 points per game? That is a lot of points, guys. (laughs) The next highest average points per game allowed to the running back position is 27.3. They've got almost a 10-point jump on the Seattle Seahawks, who have been a great matchup all year. I mean, they've allowed 17 rushing touchdowns, the third most rushing yards and receiving yards to running backs. And now Miles Gaskin gets a shot. Since week seven, he's ranked fifth in rush attempts, fifth in end zone carries. He's getting all the opportunity you could ever want. He's just been like eh, kind of inefficient. Um, um, massively. Massively. Against the Texans, who are allowing a gazillion rushing yards per game. He had 20 carries. Like that's the, not a measurement, Michelle. The Dolphins tried to <laughs> tried to make him a thing. 20 carries and he had 34 rushing yards. Yeah, it's been 1.7 yards per carry. That's like impossible. 
To be yeah, fair, that's much more than you or I could get with the same number of yeah, carries. Yeah, I know, but you, you're not starting me in fantasy. You're not. Okay. I'm not your scrumptious start of the week, all right? No, okay, so like, here's here's where I think you need to give in a little bit. Like, the opportunity has been there on the ground, though inefficient. Like, volume matters. Period. It's very hard not to find a or not to find a spot for a guy that's going to touch the ball maybe 20 to 25 times in any given game. Like, he's a must-start, but this matchup just makes it more so. He's averaging 4.8 targets per game. Even when he's inefficient on the ground, he's still got plenty of opportunity through the air. He's like a perfect play in PPR leagues. He's he's just, he's miles. But how much longer can the Dolphins say, okay, let's keep feeding this guy instead of going to Salvan Ahmed or something like that? Because another 14 carries he got last game, 31 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. It's like... That's going to kill you. Like, you can't win doing that. I know they did win they're last not, week, but... But they're not in win-now mode. They're not in a position to win. I don't think they need to win. Well, they're playing to win. Mm. They're not playing to lose, so... Because they're being weird and putting Joe Brian Flacco Flores in the that? lineup. <laughs> I don't think anybody told Brian Flores... What? That they're playing to win. Oh. We just had multiple conversations going on at the same time. What a I'm whirlwind. So, yeah, I got really involved in the quarterback battle here, and I apologize. <laughs> I need to step back. I need to step um, back for a but second. But the whole point is that Miles Gaskin is, like, I, plug him in. Even if he's bad, he is going to be good against this defense. Like, I will stake my reputation on it. All right. All right. All right. Let's, let's move on to someone more exciting than Miles Gaskin. Jake, help us out here. Who's your scrub to start of the week at wide receiver? This guy should be exciting, damn it. And I know that he hasn't felt exciting over the last few weeks, and that's not his fault. But Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, the only. We're trying so hard. We're trying so hard to make him happen again. (laughs) The only wide receiver for the Texans, really. And look, he hasn't been completely terrible for you. He's been a respectable wide receiver two-range guy here, despite all of the bad things happening around him. You know, the, the the quarterback play, for example, he's only gotten to play a couple of games with Tyrant Taylor, uh, Davis Mills, that experiment happened, uh, and Brandon Cooks found a way to weather that storm for you. So here's what you get as a reward if you still roster Brandon Cooks. He plays the Tennessee Titans. Always start your receivers against the Titans. They are so Sorry, bad. They are the <laughs> always start your receivers against the Titans. They are the absolute worst against receivers uh, by a wide margin. As a similar margin of the uh, of the Jets against running backs is the Titans against wide receivers. Now, per Ian Harditz from Twitter here, he's actually been the number one overall in the league in air yard share. So for a team, the air yards, 46%. Because, again, who else are you throwing to on the Texans? He's also eighth among wide receivers in just overall targets per game, tied with Terry McLaurin. He gets the opportunity. That's never been the issue. And that's why he has such an amazing floor and why he hasn't burned you, really, outside of maybe a week or so. But against the Titans in this matchup, this is what you were hoping for. Uh, This is what I was hoping for, certainly. This is like that 20, 30-point game is even within reach for him just because of game script and how bad the Titans are. Yeah, I don't... See, my thing is, I was so in on Tyrod Taylor last week. 
or before they're by. Give them a minute. And Let them shake off some rust, yo. I, I was just like so confident that he was going to do so well. And he did so bad. I'm ready to he get did, hurt again. He did so bad. Uh, so <laughs> I am, I'm struggling. And I do feel like the Titans defense has That's gotten fair. better as of late. So I'm a little worried. Not better, better enough, though. Better is very... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a small word in comparison to what they were compared to what they are now. Yeah, yeah. anybody can get better from being in the absolute dumpster, uh, but they're still not a concern for me. I'm trying to be a better person than I was yesterday. You know? Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> what are are any of us better? <laughs> is this your new 30-year-old you know self? Is this, like, what you've turned into <laughs> now? Like, just saying random crap, like, nonstop? No, Sorry. first of all, she is saying things that can and should be stitched into throw pillows like now, today. <laughs> like you should have a new throw pillow mm. on your couch after every phrase that she says on this podcast. Hashtag follow me over at ballblastpillows.com. <laughs> Lord. All right, my guy, my scripture start of the week at wide receiver. It's my dude. I haven't got to talk about him all year because he wasn't really doing anything uh, until the last couple weeks. But Elijah Moore, want to talk about bad quarterback play. This dude has had to play with Zach Wilson, with Mike White, who was, yes, God for one game, but uh, came back down to reality real quick. Josh Johnson. Um, and honestly, the best quarterback he's going to have is now Joe Flacco, right? Like, Joe Flacco's not a good quarterback. No, don't get me wrong, but he's a vet, and he will get the ball to you, right? Like, he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, at one time, he was a fantastic quarterback in the NFL. He can sling the ball. He can, he can sling the ball, and he will do that. That's the thing I love about Joe Flacco is he will throw it deep. Like, he's going to try to hit his guys, and it's going to be way better targets than what Elijah Moore has been seeing this year. I was shocked to see that Elijah Moore has seen six-plus targets in six of the last seven games. And it's like if he's getting those targets, he should be doing more. But his catch percentage was so low for so long because he had no catchable targets. Like the targets were so bad, but they're trying to get him involved in this offense. He's been more involved as of late. Last week, he, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we saw him against the Colts. He had 84 yards and two touchdowns. Fantastic. Then they go up against Buffalo and he was doing nothing all game with Mike White. I mean, Mike White was only completing passes to the Bills secondary. That's it. <laughs> no one else was doing anything. But as soon as Joe Flacco comes in, Joe Flacco came in for one drive, three passing attempts, and two of them went to Elijah Moore. One was a 25-yard contested catch that he just threw up for Elijah Moore to go grab, and he did it. And then the next one was a 15-yard touchdown. It was like, that's it. He had three passing attempts, and two of them went for you know, 30 or 40 yards and a touchdown for Elijah Moore. So I think Elijah Moore is going to be Joe Flacco's dude. And the Bills are the best defense in the league. And Miami's one of the worst. Yes, they stopped Tyrod Taylor and last week Lamar Jackson, but I don't I don't believe it, right? I still think they're very beatable. And the Dolphins are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver this position this season. 41 points per game allowed to just the wide receivers. So I, I love this matchup. Corey Davis will get his, of course, but Elijah Moore is by far their best player on their team, and they need to be utilizing him more. So I'm excited to see what happens, but I think he's a fire play this week. I love that. Thanks. I Thank do. You. Thank you very much. All right, Kate, who's your scrumptious start? This one's more of a speculative, speculative scrumptious start. I'm not sure if it's scrumptious, but it sure did look good on Yelp. And I'm going with Robbie Anderson. 
Uh, She's trying to do it now. I think you're like trying to do it now. <laughs> okay, no. but that was the best one so far. We have to agree on yes, that. Yes. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, okay, now I can stop. Okay. I can officially stop. Okay. okay, Robbie Anderson facing off against the Washington football team. First of all, this is just a great matchup in general uh, for the Washington secondary. Uh, the Washington football team just lost Chase Young to a season-ending ACL tear. That's going to eliminate some pressure there up front. Gives Robbie Anderson a little bit of time to scoot down that field. Uh, it, it really doesn't have a ton to do with what he's accomplished this year because he's he's done nothing this year. Uh, but he saw some signs of life last week. He had a touchdown from Cam Newton, uh, a two-yarder. Woo! He has not looked good this year. He has not done anything this year. So it's not about what he's done this year, but. He's coming off of his first 1,000 receiving yard season in his career. He played very well, had a 70% catch rate last year. Like, this is a dude that I think, uh, like, he's very clearly wanting to be involved in the game. We saw him go off on Sam Darnold, which might have been the <coughs> funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, because I don't know what was said, but I would pay somebody to read his lips for me. Oh, it looked bad. Because it looked really bad. How like, did I get stuck with you again? Yeah. I left you. He's the ghost. <laughs> Sam Darnold is the ghost of Christmas past. Like, he will not leave Robbie Anderson alone. I just think when you have Cam Newton there, you have, like, that, I talked about it, that significantly upgraded wide receiver core. Uh, give Robbie Anderson a little bit of time to stretch the field. Uh, and I think he could have a really nice day, especially in this particular matchup against this secondary, uh, against a defense that is probably not going to get any pressure whatsoever without Chase Young. Yeah. I mean, I don't personally want to play Robbie Anderson, but, you know, I, I think if he's on waivers, it's a good time to pick him up, put him on your bench, um, see what happens with Cam Newton. But, I don't. Are you Maybe brave? It's... Are you brave enough to plug him in, Jake? Well, my my will they won't they history with Robbie Anderson probably precludes me precludes me. That's a word from ever getting involved with him again. So I'm I'm nervous. But actually, in like a DFS thing, especially he's gonna be crazy cheap, and I do like that because the risk is. I mean, the risk is what it's always been this year, but the upside is so tasty. So I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I think I hate it, but <laughs> oh, no. but I'm willing to give him a shot on my bench. Like, if he was on waivers, I'd consider it if, uh you know, I don't know. Who, who would you rather have, Alan Robinson on your bench or Robbie Anderson? I don't know. Robbie Anderson. I'm telling you, anybody with upside, yeah. I want over 10 points Alan Robinson. Like, that's that guy's upside. Robbie can actually have a nice day. I agree. Not really. All right, let's get into our tight ends. <laughs> I think I just say I agree a lot when I'm transitioning, and then I realize I don't agree, so I had to take it back. So um, forget you, Jake. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's me. It's, it's you. Oh, yeah. Both. That hurt. Right, let's talk about our scrimmage starts at tight ends. Quickly, we'll go through them because tight ends, you know, they just are gross. So if you don't have one of the best ones, I'm sorry. You're probably not going to have two scrumptious of a start. But who's your favorite guy this week? Yeah, but also there's only like two best ones. It's Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, and then you're just kind of screwed anyways. But uh, yeah. uh, Michelle, you're going to hate this one, so let's just get this moving. CJ Uzama <laughs> plays the Las Vegas Raiders this week. That's a sentence that I just said and you had to listen to, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> Vegas is allowing the second most points to tight ends. 
So there's your matchup, right? Now, per Rotoviz, uh, the top scoring tight end from each team that's gotten to play Vegas over the last five weeks, they've averaged 15.3 fantasy points. And these have not all been premier tight ends. Uh, yes, it did include the bounce back game of all bounce back games from Travis Kelsey last week, but it also included a, a something called Jesper Horstad from the Chicago Bears. Ooh. So I feel like this warrants consideration here. Um, Vegas is also weirdly good against wide receivers in fantasy. They're allowing the third fewest yards, the sixth fewest fantasy points there. So, you know, Burrow's going to have to look elsewhere besides just Jamar Chase. Not that he can't still do great things, of course. Um, but also after a slow start, Uzama is now 12th in routes run since week four for all tight ends. That's what really counts. Snap percentages, I don't care because tight ends stay on the field to block. But this dude's yeah. out there. He's running the routes. He's got boom potential. Just like the last time I listed in him here in week seven, by the way, where he decimated for fantasy. So hoping to catch that good mojo again. Yeah, I'll never make fun of you saying start CJ Uzama again because uh, the last time I did that, he went off for what, like three touchdowns and 100 yards or something? Ridiculous. So who the hell knows? He could have a monster game. Uh, my guy is, uh, you know, his, his name feels too easy this year, but he hasn't been doing much of anything as of late. Dalton Schultz, like he's kind of just disappeared. He started strong and he's disappeared as of late. I wanted to do Dan Arnold, but Kate was like, you can't. Just keep talking about Dan Arnold. Change every time. it up, man. Listen, Dan Arnold is killing it, and people are giving him the respect. He has now led the Jaguars in receiving yards in each of the last three games. He is their number one target, which is crazy. But Dan Arnold, go play him because it's just a free 10 points in PPR, and he doesn't even score touchdowns. But that's not my guy because I wasn't allowed to pick him. <laughs> Dalton Schultz versus the Chiefs. Like I said, he's disappeared, but I think there's a case for him to come back this week with a strong, strong game. The Chiefs are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to the tight end position this year. Now, they didn't allow Darren Waller to do much. We thought it was like a huge spot for Darren Waller and he'd kill it. But the issue with the Raiders is they have nobody else to pass to. The defenses know that. Like Darren Waller's the guy we have to stop. So the Chiefs knew they had to stop Darren Waller, and they did. Now, with the they play the Cowboys this week. They're not going to focus in on stopping Dalton Schultz. Like, that's the last guy you worry about when you're playing the Cowboys. They're going to focus on stopping Lamb and Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz is going to be open over the middle often. I think this is going to be a – well, it should be a super high-scoring game. A ton of scoring opportunities for Schultz and just a ton of opportunities for targets in general because the the Chiefs have found their stride again on offense. The Cowboys, you know, are one of the best offenses in the NFL. So this should be just a massive game with tons of points scoring around i want a piece of it and i'm happy to play dalton schultz this week kate who's your tight end of the week all right guys uh i'm i'm gonna roll with somebody that we were all pretty hyped for coming into the season our own mike wright of the fantasy footballers he's not our own he doesn't belong to us yeah. <laughs> but he joined us on the show and this was his like favorite sleeper heading into the 2021 season but it hasn't come into fruition it's Adam Troutman facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, they've been a decent matchup for tight ends. They're allowing the league high eight receiving touchdowns per year. But looking at what they've allowed to the tight end position, like overall, uh, since week six, in week six, they allowed 18 fantasy points to Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. Week seven, Foster Moreau had 15 points with Darren Waller out. 
Week 8, TJ Hawkinson, 14 fantasy points, uh, 10 catches, 81 yards. Didn't get that score, but that's all right. Week 9, Jared Cook, Donald Parnum Jr., and Steven Anderson combined for 32 fantasy points. And last but not least, you had Noah Fant and Albert O combined for 18 fantasy points. I think this is just a nice matchup. Uh, he's run the fifth most routes since week seven among all NFL tight ends. He's playing. He has as many targets as Pat Fryermuth. It's just not clicking. And I do think that this is, you know, this nice matchup is going to give him an opportunity to click. Um, and he's actually seeing the target share. Like I'm, I'm, I was kind of shocked looking at his stats because he's felt so overwhelmingly disappointing yeah. that I didn't think he was seeing targets at all, just in my mind's eye. I mean, I almost made him my scrumptious start of the week because of the Eagles. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's hard. Like, you're trusting these really, really bad players this year um, as your scrumptious it start. It could be – it's any given Sunday. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I do think if you're desperate this week, Adam Trotman is definitely – an option just because of the matchup. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was the Cardinals that you can play anyone against. And I remember saying uh, Evan Ingram was out for the Giants. And I was like, Levine Tallulah or something crazy. Whatever his name was. I don't remember it. Uh, it was like their third string tight end. And he was going to be their starter. And I was like, just play him. Like, you can play anyone <laughs> against this this matchup. And he ended up scoring in that game. I was so excited. But that's like the same thing against the Eagles this year. Like, just play whoever's playing against them. And You'll be fine. Just yeah, do Adam it. Just do that, it. Just do it. Because uh, it's really like the whole tight end position is literally just any given Sunday. Like YOLO. We don't know what we're going to see in any given week. So just shoot your shot. YOLO. You can do worse than Adam Troutman. All right. Let's talk about our biggest fade of the week before we close out the show. He's Jake. rostered in 3.6% of EPU. Yes, for a reason. He's a but I'm just saying, he's, like, available if you need him. Yeah, of course he's available. Oh, yes. really? We were not worried about him being available or not. I'm just saying I'm shocked, like, for how big of a sleeper he was. I'm surprised more people did. No, never mind. All right. Whatever. Biggest fade of the week. I hate both of you. Jake, who are you <laughs> not starting this week? First of all, don't say things such as that on your day of birth. Kate. Uh, but also, I am fading this week Kirk Cousins. He's playing my beloved Green Bay Packers. And so I, I want to get that out there and get my bias out of the way. But also, keep this in mind. Kirk Cousins, he's coming off a couple of pretty solid weeks here against the Ravens, against the Chargers. The Packers, albeit completely depleted on defense, have still managed to be brutal for opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. Over the last three weeks, they played Kyler Murray, they played Patrick Mahomes, they played Russell Wilson. Here's the points that you got if you started these guys. Kyler Murray, 11.8. Patrick Mahomes, 12.1. Russell Wilson, 7.2. They are somehow, some way, being really awful to your fantasy quarterbacks. And I'm sorry... Uh, those three guys that I just listed, they've averaged 200 pass yards over those three games. A total of one touchdown and four interceptions. Those guys are better than Kirk Cousins. Now, it's still possible that Kirk Cousins has a slightly better day than that average. But in general, I'm fading the crap out of him. Yeah, it's hard to start. Like, It's hard to trust Kirk Cousins anyways this year. It, it always feels like that with him as soon as you believe you can trust in Kirk Cousins because he had he put together a string of good performances in fantasy then you finally plug him in it's like 
He gets you eight points or something. You're like, God damn it. It's the hope that kills you with Kirk. Yeah, you can never trust him. All right, my guys, Kyle Pitts versus Patriots. As I always say, if you roster Kyle Pitts, you're going to play him. I'm I'm just worried about him this week. Listen, the last three weeks, it's been okay for Kyle Pitts. The last two of them, I guess, that third that against the Panthers was terrible. Two for 13. But then two weeks ago, three receptions. Now he still ended up with 62 yards because he got a, a long play. But then last week, four receptions. He still, it was fine, 60 yards. These are fine games, but he hasn't scored. He's only scored one touchdown all year long, and that was in week five. He has not you know, he's not doing what we expected from him in that area because he's a monster of a dude. He should be utilized more in the end zone and be catching more of those passes and scoring, but it's not happening. Now he is getting the targets, but I'm scared about Bill Belichick, right? He knows he has to take away your best weapon and he's so good at it. He is just so good at taking away that fast player on the other team. And without Calvin Ridley there, Cordero Patterson's dealing with an ankle injury and he's questionable to play. But even if he plays, he's going to be hobbled. Like, you know that Bill Belichick is focused in on stopping Kyle Pitts. Do I believe he's going to see targets, right? Like there's no one else on this team, but I just don't know what those are going to turn into. The Patriots are allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to the tight end position. They've only allowed 295 total yards to tight ends this season. And you might say, well, Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver more than he is a tight end. That's fine, but the Patriots are also fantastic against wide receivers, allowing the seventh fewest points to the wide receiver position. I just, I just hate this matchup. You're still going to play him. I just, I just don't think he's going to do very well. Kate, who's your fade of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with everybody's favorite running back in the whole world, Antonio Gibson. I'm not saying you, you sit Antonio Gibson this week, but set the bar low because everybody's ecstatic for this uh, Antonio Gibson breakout game where he finished as the RB7 in Week 10, he had 24 rush attempts for 64 yards. He did play against the Bucks. They're hard. And now he gets the Carolina Panthers, who are also quite hard. Uh, if he didn't have those two touchdowns, he would have literally demolished your lineup. He's definitely touchdown or bust. That's what he spent the entire year. When he scored touchdowns, he's fine. He's had a couple two-touchdown games. When he does that, obviously you're excited you play him. If he doesn't get into the end zone, he absolutely kills your roster. But that's so many running backs this year. It's it's hard to just pick on him. No, but it, I mean, just looking at the matchup itself, fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Only allowed five rushing touchdowns on the season so far. We're through 10 weeks, and uh, now like we need Antonio Gibson to score two Gibson. more. Gibson. Uh, we need him to score two. Uh, for him to return to relevance, no thank you. Uh, the Panthers are just, like, dominating the clock. They've got time of possession under control. They have the second highest uh, possession rate in the NFL, which is kind of crazy. They're just they're a It's decent... crazy because the Panthers, you know, Sam Darnold's like, here's can... the ball. You yeah. want you want the ball? Here's the ball. You want it again? You want it again? I don't want to be on the He tries to give it up. He's even... like, I really want to go on the bench. I really want to <laughs> sit on it. Just take the ball from me. We've had been on offense for too long. With Cam Newton, like I think they are going to have a much easier time getting those first downs. I do project fewer turnovers, and I just think that like it, this is not going to be Washington's time to like grind out the clock like that. I think the the Panthers have been uh, too good a defense this year. Yeah, I mean Antonio Gibson's an easy fade every week because it's 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's easy or hard because if he scores a touchdown, you're gonna be happy. Like I said, if he doesn't, you're not gonna be happy. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But with the running backs, the running backs this year are just truly disgusting. There's like no good ones. It's really sad. <laughs> it's really, really sad. Except Dearness Johnson. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? I do love me some Dearness Johnson. Uh, no, but Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson should be great this week. Everyone, wish. Kate, a happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hopefully um, all of your dreams come true. And for my birthday, I hope you guys get a win. Yeah, everyone, go win your Week 11 matchups. If you have any additional questions about your starting lineup, hit me up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast EM. You can find me, Kate, at FF Bob Blast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. All right. Good luck, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.